So welcome out to our Wednesday night service. And, you know, we're going through um, uh, teachings on that Dr. Savell did. It's called Ministry's, Minister's Manual. It was something he did back at really, I think it started in like the late 80s. And he put together these binders of, of outlines. And so we're going through those. And so tonight um, I'm going to talk about sticking with the word of faith. Sticking with the word of faith. Um, you know, that's who we are as a church. We are a word of faith church. We make no, no apologies about it, and we don't make any excuses for it. Um, it is who we are, um, and if, I, I believe really every believer should be word of faith, because if you, you're not word of faith, then, then you're probably not saved. You're like, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, word of faith people, we, we are those crazy people that, you know, the name it and claim it people, you know, that's those people. And you're like, well, and, and I always say, if you don't believe in name and claim it, then you're probably not saved either. If you don't believe in the power of naming it and claiming it, then, then your salvation probably isn't real. Because you had to get born again based on the principle of name it and claim it. You had to get born again based on the principles of the power of your words. You're like, well, is, do you have chapter and verse for that? Well, read the book of Romans. Romans chapter 10. What faith is nigh me, near me. It's in my heart and it's in my mouth. And it's the word of faith that we preach. Right? And he goes, as a man believes in his heart and what confesses with his mouth that he should be saved. So as believers, the nature of how faith operates is we speak what we believe. If you don't believe in speaking what you believe, then Romans 10 has not become a reality to you. Those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Last time, when is the last time that you called someone and didn't say anything? Think about it. I mean, I, I, I'll dial the phone and I'm calling my wife and, and she picks up and well, she'd be like, you better say something. And she's expecting me to give her information or give her a report, give her something, ask a question and, and so forth. So, so when you call upon someone, it's, it's basically, you know, even Jeremiah 33, he, he goes, call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. I'll show you great and mighty things. If you don't believe that God answers, you'll never call upon him. You won't pray. So our lives have to be established upon this principle of the word of faith. It is not a denomination. It is not something that, that happened to start in the 40s or the 50s with people like Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hagin or E.W. Kenyon. It, it, it was established throughout the Bible. The word of faith was established in Genesis chapter 1. God is a faith God, and he's going to operate by faith principles. He calls those things that be not as though they are, right? So when he said light be, light wasn't yet. But he had to speak it. Why? Because he believed it. And when he, when he believed it and he spoke it, it came to pass. So the word of faith 
was not established with a denomination. It was established in the heavens on how the kingdom of God operates. So this is not a denomination. It's not a, it's not a message. Faith is not a message. Just like, just like, you know, is love is not a message. Love is not a sermon. Love is a person. Righteousness is not a message. Righteousness is a person. And faith is not a message. It's a process on how God operates. It's the word of faith that we preach. Let me, 1 John chapter 2, verse 14, and I'm just going to read this out of the New Living. And Penny, if you can put that up on the screen and got different directions that I could go and I'm, I'm going to try to encapsulate things that were in Dr. Savell's message and, but also at the same time I, I just know the Holy Spirit always wants to minister you know so I'm always open to you know <laughs> I mean you know as you, if you minister it's like if you're I'm not, I'm not a person that memorizes notes. I just don't. That's not who I am. I'm not Joel Osteen. I mean, it's just, just not who I am. I mean, he'll tell you. He, you know, between, between Thursday and Saturday, he memorizes his message, and he, he's, he's spoken. That's how Joel Osteen does it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not criticizing that. I mean, that's, that, that's, I mean you, everyone flows differently. Everyone's got a different anointing on how they do it. It's just, it's just not me. And, and so because I, I think sometimes Jesus wants to go off script. And so I think sometimes, you know, there's things that, that I don't know is going to happen or things I don't know I'm going to say. And because uh, there's usually times if I try to stick with notes that, that it, it ends up being boring. <laughs> and I don't want you bored. <laughs> but also I'm not here to entertain you either. But let's look. I'm digging myself a hole here. So... He goes, I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ. You know, how people here, you, you know how to tie your shoes. If you don't know how to, I'll have Jeremiah help you. But you know how to tie your shoes because someone taught you. But in order for someone to teach you, they had to do two things. They had to use words and they had to use demonstration. It wasn't like, well, my shoes don't tie. It wasn't like, just go figure it out. <laughs> just, just, mm, how do I put this on? No, it was, it was instruction. It was, it was instruction and it took words. So if you're going to ever know anything, it's not going to necessarily happen by osmosis. Even people that are unsaved and people that don't know God, Romans chapter 1 says that even if there wasn't any necessarily preaching, I'm going to just paraphrase it that way, that people would still be able to know God based on looking at creation. But what creation is still giving us some input. Your eyes are communicating to you. Your ears are communicating to you. Smell is communicating to you. Your senses are communicating to you. So, so everything around us is communicating something, but it's not. 
What we see, what we, well, definitely what we hear has to be communicated with words. But even if I see a, a dog, I can't just think it and explain to you what I'm thinking. I've got to use words. So if you're going to know anything in the earth, it's going to be based on, on instruction that ultimately are going to have to be encapsulated with words. Something is going to have to teach us and give us instruction. So here it says, I've written to you who are God's children because you know the father. They would never know the father apart from some sort of information. I have written to you who are mature in the faith. These are mature in the faith, meaning me, not just people that just started in God, but also people that have been in God for a long time. Because you know Christ. You know Christ. Do you know Christ tonight? Let me ask you a question, Joseph. How, how do you know Christ? From the word. Not one person can tell me that the root of their information on Jesus came be just, just because... It just popped in your head, Jesus. Maybe I need to make him the Lord of my life. Now, I know there's, there's reports, and I, I have a friend of mine that, that it was a great in, impact in my life. He ministers in the underground church, has a TV station in Iran, and he, he speaks Farsi, and, 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 and he ministers in that, and he was a Muslim. And, and he had a visitation from Jesus, but, but ultimately, even in the visitation, he had to hear something. There had, to be, there had to be something that came across. There had to be some sort of information that got to, got to a point of knowing Jesus. You're not just going to all of a sudden, sudden say one day is like, I think I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of life. No, the seed had to be sowed, sown. Something had to be established. The word of faith. It's not a message. It's not a denomination. It's the gospel. So I've written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I've written to you who are young in the faith because you're strong. You're strong. I've written to you in the faith because you're strong. I've written to you because you're strong. And it says God word, God's word, God's word lives in their heart. So you wouldn't be strong if the last part of this verse wasn't a reality. Where did the strength come from? That God's word lives in your heart. And when God's word lives in your heart, let's finish the, 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 um, the scripture, and you have won your battle over the evil one. You've won your battle over the evil one. Why? Because you're strong. Well, why are you strong? Because the word of God lives in your heart. And because the word of God lives in your heart, you have faith. Last chapter of the same, of the same book, in 1 John chapter 5. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ. We've already established that. The only way that you'd ever believe Jesus is the Christ, if either someone spoke words to you, you read it, the Holy Spirit spoke to you, you had a vision and God spoke to you in a dream, whatever it is. But something had to happen in order for you to come to the place where you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. 
Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Son of, Son of God, is born of God. Verse 4, this is, the, this is who we are as a church. Whatsoever is born of God. We know what's born of God, those that believe that Jesus is the Christ, right? Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So if we don't believe in word of faith, then where is our victory going to come from? Where is our victory going to come from? The word of faith that we preach. The word of faith. Faith is how we live. We live by faith. I don't live by presumption. I live by faith. I don't live by foolishness. I live by faith. And faith is established in doing and believing and receiving the word of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So I can have faith when I know God's will. Well, what's God's will? His word is his will. Thank you. Um, Lord, you keep want me to go this direction. I wasn't planning on going here, but I keep having this tug of like, do I really? Because sometimes you, you, you don't know where it's going to end up. So it's like, Jesus was a faith Jesus. He was never a foolish Jesus. He was a faith Jesus. Jesus only said what he heard the Father say. He only did what he saw the Father do. So when Jesus did things, he did it in faith because there was words that he'd received from the Father. Not everything that you do in life, or not, let me just put it, make it personal. Not everything I did in life, did I do it in faith. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. See, there's times that Jesus didn't go to places because it wasn't the right time. There was times that Paul said, I, I wish to come to you, Macedonia, but the Holy Spirit's forbidding me to go. And yet, there's things that I've done in my life where I didn't get wisdom from God. I just went ahead and did it and saying, I'm walking by faith. Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm, 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 I've got faith. I've got faith. Well, well, what if Jesus tells you to stay home? Well, I've got faith and I'm going to go. But maybe Jesus told you to stay home. And I, I'm, I just want to equate this because, because like the Lord put on my heart today for us to make a decision. And we had, we had our, we made an made a announcement to our younger kids that we weren't going to have services for zero through preteens. 
Well, we got to report back, and I don't make decisions based on fear. I make decisions based on anything in the, any natural, natural thing. I base it on, okay, God, what are you saying? So the Lord said, all right, just have them stay home tonight. I said, okay. I'm not going to cancel service because of COVID. But we did have a couple reports and a couple positive cases with our kids that came back from camp. But it's nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to be fearful over. But I seek the Lord. Lord, what are you, what are you saying here? Now I could say, I could say we're, we're a faith church. I mean, how would that work for the for um, for Moses that sitting in the you know sitting in that night before that last plague comes through, and he goes, "Well, I'm, I'm a faith Moses." Yeah, I, I believe God that you know He's going to pass over me, but you know what? You know, I'm kind of tired, so I don't want to put the blood on the doorpost because I got faith. No, you can only have faith in what God told you to do. And don't make your revelation someone else's revelation. Because if you do, do something based on someone else's revelation, you're going to fall flat on your face. I remember doctor, you know, being working with Dr. Savell now for, since 1999. And I, I, was, I, <laughs> man, I traveled with him a number of years. There were sometimes we were in 21 different churches in a month and 21 different hotels and traveling here and there. And you see all sorts of stuff. And hear different things. And Dr. Sell will tell a story. And someone will come up to me at the book table. And I'm, I'm new in all this. And, and they'll say, say, you know, I'm going to do just what Dr. Savell did. He, he quit his job. And he was going to live by faith. And uh, he's going he's to close his business down and go study the word. Eight hours a day for 90 days. So you're going to come out with a, with a word of God in your heart. And fire of God in your heart. And, and you're going to change the world. And someone say, you know what? That sounds good. I'm going to quit my job. And I'm going to go study the word eight hours a day for 90 days. I'm living by faith. Was that your word or was that Dr. Savell's word? And next thing you know, you know, the first 30 days get by and then they can't pay their bills. Well, I'm living by faith. Come to Pastor Justin. Pastor Justin, I'm living by faith. Well, praise the Lord. Did God say, well, I... I think so. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, we get to, we get, we get to, you know, people ask me, it says, well, should I go to the doctor? Should I go to the doctor? Yes. <laughs> if you're asking me, go. I mean, go. Don't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, faith is, there's, you know, my faith ends at the point of a question. My faith ends at the point of a question. So, so if my faith doesn't take me beyond there, then I need to either need to get the word more and I need to get some wisdom and say, Lord, how far you want to go with this thing? Another, another um, man, I had no clue. I was say. I, I've made some really, um, in the name of faith, some really stupid decisions. I remember one year, I, I, and some of you might have heard the story. Some of you haven't. If you haven't, I, hey, faith comes by hearing. And, or maybe, 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 maybe uh, you can learn from my, my, my failures, uh, my experiences of learning, my learning experiences. We'll put it that way. Um, you know, I, I, for the longest time, I, I always wanted a BMW. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I remember um, this was probably, man, 2003. 
And I had a, an older Nissan Maxima at the time and um, that God had blessed me with. And um, I'm trying, I just want no one keep make the story a, short, a long story longer. <laughs> um, and, and so I had a friend of mine that worked at the, at the Fort Worth Audubon dealership. He was a Christian. He would do Bible studies there. And, and he was one of the top BMW salesmen there at that particular uh, location. And, um, and I remember he... He called me up because we had always talked about, you know, just the kind of car I was looking for. And one, but, but, but I have to be honest, you know, in May, in March, the Lord told me, he said, he said, you know, don't look for another car until September. He told me that in March, and I knew it. So my faith should be established in that word. May comes along, he calls me up and say, Justin... Look, it's not, it's not for sale yet, but there was this flight attendant that came in and traded in this vehicle, and it is a candy apple red, pristine, 325i BMW, stick shift, it has a sound system in it, it's just what you're wanting, Perfect. The, the, it looks like no one's even driven in the car. It only only has highway miles, and and like right now, my 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 um the the boss is going to sell it for for five thousand dollars under under market price, because because that's what he told me. If you want this, you know, because I need it's the end of the month. I need to move these cars as quick as I can, and um and and so he called me up. So so hey, I'm like I'm like God. It's five thousand dollars under the, mar- the 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 market price. And, and so the thing is, is, is I, I, I didn't even ask that question yet, but I went out there and, and, and he goes, well, just come out and test drive it. Just test drive it. <laughs> Have you ever driven a, 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 the fast BMWs that, that have the wider wheels and that can handle? Oh, goodness. Stick shift? Oh, my. <laughs> Handled like a dream. And it was pretty. Oh, it was, man, it was a nice looking car. And so we go in and, and I'm talking to my friend and he, the, the boss, he goes, he goes, I'll take another $2,000 off. So where, where do I sign? And he goes, well, look, you know, he, he just go ahead and sign the paperwork and, 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 and uh, take it, you can just take it home and, I took it home. I, I, I was so excited about this car, really prideful about the car. But because I showed my friends, I said, let's go for a ride. And they were like, man, Justin, this is a nice car. This is a nice car. This is, it's not, that's a nice car. I get in and, you know, the house I'm living in with, I had two roommates at the time. And, and they're like, um, uh, I, they were in the car with me. We get out. We go inside. And, and, um, and so I'm about to go into the house from the garage and, and, I'm, and I hit the garage door opener, the garage door opener. Man, I said, oh, that's a pretty car. That's a pretty car. I was like, and he goes, that's not your car. I said, say what? That's not my car. <laughs> he said, uh, um, he goes, uh, remember, what did I tell you back in March? Not to even go look for a car until September. He said, um, he goes, you need to go return the car right now. I said, but come on, you see, I'm like, I'm like, I've got faith, Lord. I got faith. I've got faith. I've got faith. I've got faith that you can move mountains. 
but then he said to me, he goes, I'm not, I, he goes, I'm not responsible to move mountains that you put there. He goes, he goes, he goes right now, he goes, I can move this mountain if you repent and go do what I'm telling you to do. So the, the, the guy that I bought the car from, my friend, went to his house, knocked on the door, told him, I said, I, I can't take the car. He goes, why? I said, so the Lord told me I can't buy the car. Walked away, <laughs> feeling this big. But yet I got word from the guy I bought it from, that he ended up buying it for a son. A month after he had it, the transmission went out. The month after that, the starter went out. The month after that, the radiator blew up. So the $7,000 I was going to save would have been about $18,000 in repairs. But yet, my faith was saying, God, you can move mountains. You can move mountains. You can move mountains. Faith is established where the will of God is known. I knew the will of God. Jesus was able to have faith in God and speak to mountains because of the word, the word of faith. Where did that word of faith come from? His relationship with the Father. The words that he heard from the Father. He had faith. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He had faith to be the Son of God because he saw it in the word first. Jesus had to grow in wisdom. In knowledge. How is going to grow? Grow in wisdom and knowledge. The word. It was the word of faith that Jesus had to live by. And you and I aren't going to live by a different word. So when you hear someone say, oh, a word of faith church. You have a little bit more understanding than who you are as a believer. Because every believer should be a word of faith believer. Jesus was a word of faith believer. God is a word of faith believer. If Jesus never had Isaiah 61, could he ever come to a place where he said, wait, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor? In order for him to have faith, to stand up in his own hometown and hand him the scrolls and read it, And not just read it, but then go out and do it. He had to believe in the word of faith. You will find your identity in this word. You will find out uh, who you are in this word. You will find out your purpose and your destiny in this word. You will find everything that God's called you to do in this word. The word of faith that we preach. Well, I haven't got to point one yet. Um, the Apostle Paul was a word of faith preacher. 
He said the word of faith that we preach. But yet there was different groups that walked with him for years. Followed him. There's people that walked with Jesus for seasons. But eventually turned away and didn't walk any longer. So what causes, what causes people to not stick with the word of faith? Jesus is talking to not just his 12 disciples, but another 70. They saw miracles. They saw signs and wonders. They heard his words. And they're like, man, never has a man spoken like this man has spoken. No one. But yet when they got to something that they didn't understand in the natural, they walked away. Been serving God since 1993. Been pastoring since 2007. Went to Bible school in 1999. And people I went to Bible school with for two years today don't even believe God exists. People I went to, people I, I went to Thailand with and did miracles with. People that I, um, I've <laughs> spent time with and yet can look at me in the, in the eye today and say, say, Justin, you're weird. I don't, why, why do you still believe that stuff? Why do you still believe the word of faith? Agnostic. What causes that to happen? What causes that to happen? What's, is no different today than what it was in Paul's day or Jesus' day. Go to 2 Timothy chapter, um, chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. He goes, I charge you, therefore, before God... And the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and, and his kingdom. He says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will, they will turn their ears away from the truth. They will turn their ears away from the truth. Why will they turn their ears away from the truth? Because they're looking for, some, they're looking for a different word. They're looking for a different truth. Human nature doesn't like a word that will cause them to be responsible to make changes. So give me a word that's not going to cause me to be responsible for my own life. Just make me, me feel good about my life. Don't make me have to make adjustments about my life. They would turn their ears. Um, for the sake of time, I'll just say Ephesians 4.14. He, he talks about the different gifts. Uh, he says, be no longer children. Be no longer children. That means they were children. 
that were being tossed to and fro. But he tells them here, he goes, be no longer children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Meaning everything that you're hearing spoken is, is what's happening. It's caused you to be tossed to and fro. To and fro, to and fro. Why? The only way to be tossed to and fro, based on, because of James chapter 1 tells us, verse 5, he says, a double-minded man is unstable in all your ways. So the only thing that will cause you to be a double-minded is you're listening to too many voices. You're listening to too many different things. Too often in our lives, our faith, it, we're not established in faith because there's too much mixture. You know, and I've heard people say, well, you know, I like so-and-so because they really bring a lot of balance to the word. Well, it depends on what kind of balance you're talking about. Because some people refer to balance as a little bit of faith and a little bit of unbelief. Just a little bit of fear is okay. They'll listen, they'll listen to ministers, and they'll listen to one minister. Oh, I love that minister. And they, they'll, it is interesting. they'll tell me, man, I listened to this message by this pastor, and oh, man, that message was so good. And I'm like, I agree, it's great. And then they say, oh, yeah, and yesterday I listened to this guy, but yet I know, I also, I, I know that message. And the thing is, that message totally contradicted that message. <laughs> Meaning they were more in love with the, char- the charisma of the speaker and not really the truth that was being spoken. I had, a, I had a Bible instructor, they said, talking about being men of character. And they said, you know, you, you, you have as a minister you have, for longevity, you have to be a person of character. You have to be a minister of character. And he, and, um, and he said, he goes, yeah, you might be, you might be uh, charisma. He said, charisma can only, only work for you about 10 minutes. After that, you better have something to say. Meaning your life, your life is more than just that 10 minutes of you being able to captivate someone's thoughts. Because of your charisma. But your life is going to speak a lot louder than your words. That's what it really means, what I'm saying. But what, what's here is, is, is people being tossed to and fro by different things. And what it does is it, it pollutes the word. And what happens, it, get, it will cause you to let go of the thing that's going to be productive in your life. Galatians 1, you know, you turn there. He says, I marvel... Verse 6 says, I marvel that you're turning away so soon to another gospel. I mean, I could take you almost through every epistle, even starting in the last part of the book of Acts and the life of ministry, life of Paul's ministry, and he constantly communicates having these conversations with people that are turning away from the truth, turning away from the truth. Who bewitched you? Galatians 3, 1 says, who bewitched you? <laughs> Meaning, who put a cast of spell on you that you're, you let go of the very thing that brought life to you? Sticking with the word of faith. Don't let anyone take away the word of faith that's deposited in your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We have to stick with the word. Stick with the word. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth. And the truth is what sets you free. If you continue in the word. See, the enemy is out for the word of faith. He's trying to silence the word of faith. 
He's trying to get people to think, like, like, I, like I already said, that the word of faith is just another, is, is some sort of weird movement in a denomination. No. It's who every Christian should be because it should be how we live. Four times in Scripture, it says the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We have to stick with the word. Have to stick with the word because it's what builds faith. The enemy doesn't want you to operate in faith. Because we know when the word is sown, what's the first thing he does? Steal it. Matthew chapter 13. Mark chapter 4. Luke chapter 8. Says the sower sows the word. And it goes in and says, and the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. The other ground... The pressures of life. So pressures of life will steal the word. The third ground, the thorny ground, the cares of this world. And the lust of other things will steal the word. So that's what Paul, Paul's dealing with. That's what Jesus is dealing with. That the enemy's always going to be out to take you away from the word of God. Because if he can get you off of the word of God, then you have nothing to establish your life upon. Go to Colossians chapter 2. You have time for a couple more scriptures. <laughs> Colossians chapter 2. Before you read that, I'm going to read another scripture out of the message to you. Colossians chapter 2. Before I read that, Colossians, I mean, Philippians 1 says this, and this is Paul speaking. He says, every time you cross my mind, I break out an exclamation of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I'm so pleased, now listen to this, that you have continued on in this with us. Believing and proclaiming God's message. From the day you heard it, right up to this present time. So Paul talks about all the times of the people that have departed the word. Let go of the word, but yet he reminds the church of Philippi. And also, if you can remind you that the church of Philippi is the one that was his biggest partners all through the years that supported his life and ministry. But he says this, he goes, he goes, I'm so pleased that you will, you have continued on in this with us, believing and proclaiming God's message. Verse 7 through 8 in the message says, It's not all fanciful for me to think this way about you. My prayer and hopes have deep roots in reality. What are the deep roots in reality? You have, after all, stuck with me all the way, all the way from the time I was thrown in jail or put on trial. They stuck with him. But it wasn't just him, but it was the message. It was sticking with the word of faith. I don't put Dr. Savell on, on a pedestal. I do not. But at the same time, I'm going to stick with the word of faith. 
followed him for all these years because of his life integrity, because of his honor for the word of God, his honor for his wife, his honor for the call of God on his life. I'm going to stick with the message that he's preached, not because of him, but because, because uh, Hebrews chapter 6 tells us be followers of those. Be followers, be, be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. I don't have him on a pedestal, but at the same time, I will follow him. And I will follow and I will reiterate and I will, I will magnify the message he preaches. I'm not going to magnify him. I'm going to magnify the message he preaches. The word of faith. We have to stick with the word of faith. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6. He says, As you therefore have received Christ... Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, what rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As you have been taught, so what you were established in the faith what, by what you were taught. Well, how were they taught? By Paul. So it's not about, it's not about magnifying a, a person, but it's about, it's about laying hold of and sticking with the word of faith that they taught. Rooted and built up and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest any cheat you through philosophy. Meaning don't let someone talk you out of the word of faith. Don't let someone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men. According to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm almost done, I think. Second Timothy. The enemy is going to try to take you out of the word of faith. Second Timothy chapter three. And I've seen and I've seen I've seen pastors. I, I remember Dr. Sell telling stories, and I've traveled with him and seen this, and he'd tell me. We go to some churches that he, when he went to, went to those churches back in the 90s, the churches were like 3,000 people. And, and the pastor would, um, he would talk to him and he would go through the years. Some churches he'd go back every year to. And, and then some of the churches then all of a sudden it went from every year to, you know, every five years or so forth. And, 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 and I remember after we had left the pastor, he, he told me that, he had a relationship with this pastor, and in years back, the church was running 3,000 people. And all of a sudden, um, over a period of time, he, um, just the numbers started going down and down and down, and the, that church went all the way down to 250 people. And the pastor was just frustrated and saying, I, I, don't, know, I, I, I don't know what's happening and why we're losing all these people and why people aren't, aren't coming anymore. And Dr. Savell said, I want you to give me your, your, last, your last so many weeks of messages on what, you, what you're preaching. And so Dr. Savell, because the guy believed Dr. Savell and looked at him as, as, a, as a voice in his life. And Dr. Savell listened to these messages that he was preaching. And, um, and as he was listening to him, Dr. Savell said, he, 
he went back, he went back to him and he told him, he goes, he goes, I listened to, I think it was like six messages or whatever it was. He, he goes, I listened to these messages and he goes, these messages are not what you were preaching when you started out in ministry. He goes, he goes, what you're preaching is what you're trying to entertain people. You're trying to minister to their, to their minds and you're not, you're no longer ministering to their spirits. Faith is a spiritual force. And it can only be caught in the spirit of a man, not, the, not in the mental capacity of a man. And so what was happening over these period of time, and they, and they saw these, just these people just exit the church because he stopped ministering what God had told him to minister to begin with. He, what, hap, what happened? The church as a whole left the word of faith. And he went to something that he tried to, to he was preaching something trying to get more people. Not preaching something because of what God said. I will never preach a message to try to get people. It's just not how I'm built. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Second, second to me, three. Hallelujah. Verse 10, he says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. So we're going back again. You followed the doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith. Long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra, what persecution I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Meaning Paul didn't, Paul didn't let go of the word of faith when it wasn't to his advantage. It was what sustained him in adversity. It's what sustained him in persecution. It's what sustained him in adversity. But, you might, but in verse 14 says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from a childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So what was he telling them? He was telling them, stick to the word of faith. Continue in the word that has the ability to save your soul. Continue in the word that you learned from the very beginning, from a childhood, and you knew the holy scriptures. Now what the holy scriptures did what? Had the ability to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The word of faith. Continue in it. Stick to the word of faith. Continue in it. Don't let go of it. I'm telling you, our society needs the word of faith. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and I'll, I'll close with this. I'm sorry, Hebrews 10. Stick with the word of faith. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at verse 32. He says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated you endured a great struggle with sufferings. 
So they were illuminated by something. And after they were illuminated, there was some struggles. Partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulation. And partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. So they were illuminated. If they, this, this, is, this word illuminated, is, it wasn't just like I had an idea. Illuminated here means revelation. Meaning revelation is not you heard it. But illumination is you got revelation on what was heard. And if you have revelation on something, you have faith on something. So basically this was saying there was a word that they heard that brought faith. And when that faith came, what happens? The enemy comes immediately to steal the word. He said you endured a great. Enduring something means you're sticking to something. You endured a great struggle with sufferings partly while you were made a spectacle both of reproaches, meaning people were making fun of you, also because of the tribulations that were happening, partly while you became companion of those who were so treated, for you, you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Meaning, meaning you weren't moved by it. Why? They were sticking to the word of faith. They weren't moved by what was happening. Even though when their possessions got taken from them. Even then you're like, God, I, you, 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 I thought you're a prosperity God. Yeah, but that doesn't mean the enemy's not going to attack your finances. The thing is, when the enemy attacks your finances, do you still believe he's a prosperity God? Sticking to the word of faith means I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to the word, whether I, whether I have COVID, whether I have cancer, whether I have poverty, whether I just lost my job, it doesn't matter. I'm sticking with the word of faith. So because of that, he says, therefore, don't cast away your confidence. Don't cast away your faith, which has a great reward. King James says that has a great recompense of reward. Meaning if I hold to this faith, and I hold to this confidence that I have. There will be a payday on the other side of this. I'm not letting go of the word of God that he has planted in my heart. Because there is a payday. Payday is coming. And it is a great recompense of reward. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. My confidence, my confidence in faith is what produces the outcome. Therefore, don't cast away your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward, for you have need of endurance. <laughs> See, we don't like these words. I just, I just want to speak it, brother. Well, after you speak it, sometimes there's some standing. There, no, there's always standing. You're going to stick with the word of faith. For you have need of endurance, so that you have done the will of God. You may receive the promise. What's the word of God? What he told you to do? This word? Or what he spoke to you? Did you hear the rhema word? That's after you've done the word of God. That's the revelation. I believe that word there is rhema. It's not logos. So after you did the rhema, after you did what was illuminated, you may receive the promise. You receive the promise. Verse 37, for yet a little while and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. 
for yet a little while in he. I wonder if that, that he is also the promise. <laughs> Meaning it, it will come. The promise will come. The promise will come. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him. My soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back. But we are those who believe to the saving of the soul. Meaning I'm sticking with this word of faith until my soul is saved. Well, I thought, I thought my soul already was saved when I made Jesus the Lord of my life. No, your spirit was made new. <laughs> Some of you are like, what? When you got born again, your soul wasn't saved. That's why we have to renew our mind. We have to renew our soul. Meaning, I've got to stick to this word of faith until I take my last breath. Some of you are like, I'm not sure about that. Meaning, meaning I have to live this way until Jesus returns. I have to live this way until the promise comes. I have to live this way no matter what. As a child of God, I'm sticking with a word of faith. Can you give God praise for his word tonight? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Y'all, we're pulling on the word tonight. Hallelujah. Hungry for the word. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I love to teach. (laughs) Hallelujah. So take this word. Meditate on this word. Don't draw back. If there's areas of your life where the enemy's trying to get you to let go of the word, listen to this message again. Listen to this message again. Because there is, there is a great recompense of reward as we hold to the word. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word we heard tonight. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit will continue to take this word and bring illumination to it in our hearts. Lord, I thank you for those here tonight that maybe they haven't, they've been operating in foolishness or presumption. And they've been just, they've been trying to push through obstacles and saying, I'm living by faith. But Lord, I thank you that they come to a place where they hear your voice to get a word from God to where they can stand on that word and endure with it. And then they'll receive the promise. Those that, Lord, that are here that are standing on the word of God and that have felt like giving up I declare for a spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit wind of the Holy Ghost to blow on the inside of the hearts and cause them to have a second wind, a second wind as they continue to endure, as they continue to wait for the manifestation of the promise of God on their lives. I thank you for manifestation for everything and anything that they believe in God for, whether it's healing in their bodies whether it's restoration in their marriage, whether it's bringing a spouse into their lives, whether it's discovering their calling, whether it's where it's where they should live, no matter what it is, Lord, I just thank you that they will stick to the word of faith. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.